BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, everybody listening to the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Trust. Chuck Carfine with you and Major League Baseball has made its first economic proposal for a 2020 season and... Oh, the Players' Union does not like it one bit. So what's the proposal? How does this affect negotiations? And most importantly, really, what it comes down to is, what does it mean for baseball in 2020? We're going to read between the lines and make sense of what's happening and what's not happening on the White Sox Talk podcast. So it is the Give Me Baseball edition of the White Sox Talk podcast. Let's do it. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! Ball hit deep, way back, deep to the Holy cow, Carlton Fisk has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the board. Yes. We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, here with... Vinny Duber and Adam Hogue. And guys, let's start with the nuts and bolts of this proposal first. So the league, in their proposal, threw out the 50-50 revenue split idea and presented instead a sliding scale of pay cuts where players making the most money will lose a greater percentage of their salaries. Players making less will have smaller pay cuts. It also includes a larger share of postseason money to the players if there is a postseason, and that is clearly the plan. So thoughts, feelings, emotions about this first, and we'll go on from there. Adam Hogue, let's start with you. Yeah, I, I, I guess I understand the strategy for Major League Baseball here, um, and I wrote about NBCSportsChicago.com because you have a greater percentage of players overall that make less than a million dollars. And so if you're just trying to get a majority vote here from the players union by essentially taking a greater amount of money away from a smaller amount of players, you're more likely to pass that vote and recoup more money, right? Because I mean, if you're taking a huge chunk from Mike Trout, um, but only a tiny bit from, you know, a, a large number of other players, the owners are going to be in pretty good shape there. The problem with all this, though, is that the players' union is very, very unified, uh, from what I've heard, more so than ever before. And the long-term plan for even these younger players that don't make as much money, they're all on board with how this works. And so their verge is not going to go for this right now. And the players, to a point, were basically insulted by this proposal that was handed to them on Tuesday. So it did not go well. And the players feel like they're being backed into a corner and being made out to look like the bad guy, especially the rich players. The rich players are like, oh, if, you know, if the owners can pin it on the, the guys that 
make the most money and make it look like they're holding out here because they want to hold on to their millions and millions of dollars, uh, they don't look good. And I just think that uh, overall, they're just not happy. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Do you really want to upset Mike Trout and the best players in your game? And this is one way of doing that. The proposal to me is a proposal that makes sense if the industry or the company, obviously this is 30 different companies, but let's say the industry is like about to go bankrupt, right? I mean, like if there are severe financial you know, situations going on, that's what you would want to do. The people who can quote unquote afford to take a big hit, you want them to take a hit. And the people who quote unquote need that money more, you want them to be able to make it as close to their full salary as they can. The problem is from what I've read, Baseball is still going to make billions, plural, of dollars, even in the situation we're heading into in 2020. When you're looking at a half of a season, obviously, they're not going to make the $10.7 billion that was a record revenue for them last year. But these 30 teams collectively are still going to make, in revenues, according to Jeff Passan's estimates from earlier this month, just under $5 billion. When you and say so make, but not not profit, because there's the owners are saying they're going to lose four billion for the season if there's baseball. Well, so the revenue last year was ten point seven billion, and so when you cut in half all those TV deals because you have half the games and you're not getting paying customers, when you still have an intact playoff TV deal, which is the richest one that they have, this is what Jeff Passan wrote earlier this month. The revenues that are projected could be a share on a, a hair under five billion dollars and about two and a half billion dollars would be that prorated half season salary for the players so you're still looking at plural billions coming in in revenue for the owners this year and so that to me doesn't jive with we need these guys to take this huge pay cut on top of the huge pay cut they've already agreed to See, I see both sides to this. I mean, the owners are going to lose. I believe they're going to lose a ton of money. I mean, you, you, you have no fans in your stadiums, no concessions, no parking, maybe for the whole season. That I'm not an economist. I'm not a businessman, but that is not a good business model. But then when things are going great and they are making tons and tons of money, they're not exactly sharing this top to bottom with the players. And now they're asking the players to share in the losses. So the players are feeling like, what's the deal here? And I had heard that the, the players are going to be presenting a model where, or a proposal where you just defer this money. Like you, they, they signed on the dotted line. There's obviously different thoughts about what exactly is in that contract from March the 26th when they agreed to pay them their full prorated shares for half a season. But Listen, I mean, if, you, if, if it's me and I don't, have, I don't own a franchise, I would stick to that and just pay all these guys later because there's clearly a cash flow problem now and you're running the risk of not having a baseball season. Do you really want to play in, that, in those waters? I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near it. Yeah, I, I'm, I've heard that too, Chuck, and I think that's ultimately what's, what's going to be part of the, the settlement that's made here is that the players will defer payments because that, that is what the issue is right now. It's a cash problem. So, you know, I, I, I'm not bringing this up to defend billionaires by any way, but I just think some people need to understand this just because an owner might be worth $2 billion. That doesn't mean all that worth is liquid right now. It's not like he's just got $2 billion sitting in his basement. To, to use and access that cash. That's just the worth of a, of a franchise. 
And so there still needs to be cash to pay off your employees, whether that's any employee for an organization, but also the players, especially when you got these players making a ton of money, you know, your top end guys. But I think where they need to be careful here, and it certainly would not look if they do not come to an agreement and, you know, maybe it'll get pinned on the players if they, but just for example, if a player as good as Mike Trout, and I'm not saying that he would play, I'm just bringing him up because he makes, you know, a ton of money. If you get to the point where your, your salary has essentially in a ballpark of 75% been cut down by that much, and they're still asking you to play half a season, risk injury, not just risk injury in this situation, guys, but you're risking your health by going out there. You're risk getting this virus by going out there, but they're cutting your salary by that much to do so. You can understand why a player would object to that. And it, it might not look good because that player has so much money overall, but sometimes you got to look at this more in a vacuum of the world that they're living in and they still have mortgage payments and things like that. They're just, you know, extravagant because they make more money. So they spend more money. And, and even on a, on a lower scale, like at a certain point, a player like uh, Mookie Betts, who's, you know, going to hit, a huge payday here coming up. Why go out there and risk it right now if if they're pushing backing you up against a wall to 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 this big of an extent right now? I think that's where some of these players are coming from. Now it might just be a threat, but I do think the owners need to be careful that they don't push it that far because that is an option for the player. Well, and my question with that is, what leverage do the owners have? If the players can, if if the best players in baseball, and baseball has a problem with being able to market players as it is, if you take out the best players in baseball, the ones who make the most money, and there's no Mike Trout, there's no Garrett Cole, and you're looking at a season where you know the best player in the league is David Bodie. I mean, what if you're if you're the owners, what do you do? How could you how could you live with yourself staging that kind of a season? And so, to me, the players are the ones who are going to be able to dictate this because they're the ones that the that fans want to watch play you know what judging by this first proposal by the owners i feel like they believe they've got the leverage because why else would they make an offer like this i i just think that they were you know it's a negotiation that's what we have to remember and you, sometimes you start on the extremes and then you try to find the middle ground i just think sometimes and this goes for any negotiation if you go too far to one extreme to start with you're insulting the you know the person or the people you're negotiating with to a point that things just get ugly and it's not amicable and i think from a pr perspective unfortunately that's where baseball is right now this it, there should have been cooler heads maybe smarter heads uh in this whole thing to know that it never should have been a situation where you're actually insulting the other, other side. It's just, yeah, this, this, is a, this kind of proposal, this should have gone through some kind of back channels weeks ago. Well, the and that's that, one thing Chuck, sorry to interrupt. That's one thing I, I heard this morning talking to somebody, this, I, the idea of a 50, 50 revenue thing came two weeks ago. There's been two weeks here to get the proposal. And that's where the players I think were so caught off guard yesterday. They, I think there were back-channel discussions. I, I, I think that there, there was an idea of what the players would and would not 
accept. And for this to come out the way it did yesterday to such an extreme, and I was told didn't was incomplete, didn't even include any details on the MLB streaming services, which right now is a huge area where they make a ton of money. Apparently, that didn't even come up in this yesterday. Well, and that's, that, and that's, that's where the frustration is. That's the key to this whole thing, too, is that, like, the owners are sitting there saying we want we need the players to take more of a cut because that's what the economics say needs to happen in order for us to play baseball. And then they're not sharing the information that proves that that fact or that assertion. Right. They're basically saying, hey, we need you to do this because and then they're not showing them the because. And so if you're the players, why would you why would you trust that it should be so easy to just lay out those books and it makes you wonder well, maybe maybe this is just trying to hold on to as much money as possible rather than trying to avoid these big losses, which is what they claim is going to happen. All right, so I try to be as positive as possible, but here is the negative portion of the podcast. So I asked- We were in the positive part. It's about to go down uh, a scary path. So I asked an American League player today, do you feel like a deal gets done? His answer was, only if the owners honor the prorated salaries, they can defer the money, but it better be guaranteed. Like that's where this player was. I then spoke to uh, an agent who represents, I'll just say a National League all-star, all-star pitcher. And I asked, how motivated do you think both sides are to find a way to get a deal done? He said, great question. It come, well, uh, thank you. Thank you for the great question. Uh, it comes down to action. When you talk about motivation during intensive negotiations, the owners have not showed good faith in their actions. So it's difficult to see their motivation when their actions are borderline disgraceful. The players are motivated to be fair. They are not looking to put a stake in the owner's hearts. That is right now where players and agents are feeling after that first proposal by the owners. And Chuck, that's my issue right now because I've tried really hard to see both sides of this. And I actually do understand where the owners are coming from to a certain extent. This, this has been a situation that you really could not project what's going to happen a month from now. You still can't really project that. So I, I do have a little bit of sympathy that whatever agreement was made in March, the world has changed, okay, to, to an extent. So I can understand why the owners are approaching this and say, Hey, look, we need to adjust what we agreed to in March from just from a straight proration of the salaries because we may have thought at that point that fans would be back in the stands. And this is a different situation. And some teams are in different situations than others, like the Cubs, for instance, and all the real estate they own and the, and the hotel that's closed down right now and the rooftops aren't operating and the restaurants and all this stuff that they chose to put their money into – Plus, they rely on gate revenue more because their ballpark's always full. So it, some teams are hit more than others. So I do, I can see the owner side of it. The problem is, is the process, which we just went through. Uh, there also needs to be an understanding. It just needs to be amicable. And it doesn't sound like that's what's happening right now. And, and I think that's where the players are ha having some frustration um, that it's just been to such an extreme. That's the issue I have too. Yeah, I think what's also been forgotten is, and I'm trying to play to both sides and understand both sides, but, but back in March, uh, the owners agreed to pay the players $170 million in salaries uh, for April and May. I mean, it's not a ton of money, but the they didn't have to do that. And they mm -hmm. gave them uh, salary and 
they all are receiving a full year of service time if there's no season. So the players actually were given something and it's necessarily a half. I mean, there was a give and take with the draft. So there was some negotiation there. But. Well, and there was a huge, there's a huge trade off with that 170 million because that was, they were going to, they agreed to pay them that. But the idea was if there's no season, that's all they got. Right. So they were, that was, that was kind of a, there was a give and take on both of that side uh, as well. The thing that, I mean, you bring up the thing that happened in March. I mean, didn't we, weren't we talking about games with no fans back in March? Like that, yeah, that was a thing, right. I that should have been a thing back then. And, yes. and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not claiming that the owners are, you know, using a loophole or anything, but I'm just saying we were talking about that back in March. So that should have been part of those discussions back then. Um, you know, Adam, you bring up the Cubs and they, you know, the, yeah, they got a lot of real estate. They got the hotel, but you know, those things are money factories. Those things are money printing machines when the season is going on. Okay. They bought a machine that prints money and it's broken right now. Like the sympathy I'm having a hard time, you know, coming up with the sympathy for people who, who have billions of dollars uh, and are, fighting over this, but I think the bottom line is, and I've read this from a few different national reporters uh, in the last day, in the last few days, just be a terrible negotiation spell and we could be panicking and it could be gloomy and then boom, they agree and the season's on and no one will care how all of this happened on the way to this point. We will care again when the CBA is up and we have to go through all of this again, but I think that the how quote unquote bad things look right now. If, if they agree to a season and I think all of us, I mean, certainly Adam, you wrote it. So I know you do are confident that there is going to be a season. I, I, I think by the end of it, we might not be remembering this part. You know what I mean? Maybe, but I still think this is all a bad look for baseball. Of course. And, and it's a horrible like, look. I, I'm, I almost never give the NHL credit, but their strategy was to get everyone excited about, Hey, here's the format they still need to work out these details that baseball is doing right now. Now, I think they're in a better position to work all that out um, amicably, you know, over the next couple of weeks or so. But whereas on this podcast, we're having kind of these stressful negative conversations about why billionaires and millionaires can't get together to give fans what they want right now, which is any kind of positivity in life and sports and baseball, which makes people happy. Uh, you know, and on in our Blackhawks podcast, they're talking about oh, this awesome series is coming up against the Oilers, and and they're breaking it down, and they're talking high. You know what I mean? Like this is just it, it's a bad look for baseball right now in, in what is already a terrible situation, and I just it it sucks. I I hate that this is what's happening right now when we should be talking about happier things. Hey, let's take a timeout to tell you about a. Brand new podcast that is coming to NBC Sports Chicago. You followed the coverage. You remember the headlines, but do you really know the full story? Introducing Sports Uncovered, the newest podcast series from the storytellers at NBC Sports that will shine a fresh light on the most unforgettable moments in sports. The debut episode we're exploring is I'm Back. The two-word facts from Michael Jordan that put the NBA on notice, and it's from the creators at NBC Sports Chicago. Episode one of Sports Uncovered on Michael Jordan will drop May 28th, wherever you listen to podcasts. So don't miss an episode. Search Sports Uncovered. Tap the subscribe button right now to get automatic downloads of Sports 
uncovered for free. The reason why baseball is in this situation is the timing. This pandemic happened at the worst possible time right before the season. The NBA and NHL already played like 80% of their seasons. They don't have the economic situation. They've already built in all this revenue. And, you know, that, that's why baseball is in this tough spot right now. And now to side with the players, the players, they have a finite amount of games in their careers. They don't know how long they're going to play for. And there's so many guys who are not making, you know, millions and millions of dollars, or they're, maybe they're making a million. And if you're a pitcher, I mean, who knows how long you got? If you own a team, you'll get through this. The money will come back in two or three years, whatever it's going to be, you'll be fine. But the players, you know, how big of a sacrifice are you going to have to make to play baseball right now? And I mean, that's, there's just, there's, these are some heavy decisions these guys have to make. That's another area where I think the players have the leverage because what you said, Chuck, should be true, that the owners within a couple of years will be fine unless they screw this up so badly by not having a season that they alienate their fans again and they just – it already hasn't been great for baseball over the last decade, in my opinion – and they're already struggling with some of this stuff. And I go back to what we've talked about before on this podcast and I've written about is the opportunity in front of baseball right now, the entire sport, to generate excitement, to give people happiness, uh, to get people watching because people will watch right now. It's such a huge opportunity. So if you blow that and you, you, you make your fans even angrier, that would be the situation to me where maybe the owners don't recover completely even though they probably will. And I just think that, that that's another area where the players have the leverage. Well, I think the, the thing too, you got to remember, it's, it's so weird. Sports in general are so weird, right? It's an irrational thing. Fans are fans of teams for because they live there, you know, or because their parents were the fans of those teams. And even we in the media who, who don't have uh, those same kind of biases, we love the sport. That's why we're doing this. And that's, and so we want to see baseball happen, but the point of Major League Baseball, the, the, the owners of those Major League Baseball teams are not trying to make people happy. They're trying to make money. They're trying to make as much money as they possibly can. Players are trying to make as much money as they possibly can. And baseball players in particular, compared to other pro athletes, are uniquely positioned to do that because there is no salary cap. So this is a thing that no one wants to hear about right now because it just means that it is a hurdle to get over on the way to getting that thing that they love back in their life. But this is, this is what it is. It's an industry. These are companies. These are trying, people trying to make big-time money. And or they not lose big-time money in this situation. Or not lose big-time money. But again, they have the, those, that playoff TV contract. They go from 10 teams to 14 teams, and there's more playoff games than ever before that's more and more money on top of what they already were going to make so it's it's a it's a big opportunity like you said to to grab that pr spotlight and to make a lot of people happy but at the end of the day these guys are thinking about money and that's why we're going through what we're going through all right so how does this get resolved let's go through this uh one by one start with you adam well, right now I know the players are talking and they're going to come up with a counter proposal and I expect that counter proposal to look a lot different. I think the owners probably knew that when they sent in what they sent to the players. I think Vinny brings up a good point that, you know, right now these are overall sm mostly smart businessmen who've made a lot of money over their lives. Um, and they are probably to a certain extent scared right now with how, you know, the amount of losses that are staring in them in the face 
with, with this type of pandemic. And so they maybe approach this as to see how much can we really save ourselves? How much can we get back? Let's try for every dollar we can get knowing we probably won't get all that. So once the players come back, I'm not saying it's going to get resolved in 24 hours, um, but I do think that there will be a concession made at, and this will get resolved relatively quickly at this point. It just has to be, it just has to be resolved. And I do still believe there will be baseball this year. Yeah. You know, what's way worse uh, for, for these guys than uh, losing $5 billion worth of revenue in one year with a shortened season, losing $10 billion worth of revenue with no season. Uh, at the end of the day, that's just too much money out there. Right. And I mean, you can't, you can't just say, Oh, we're going to give up because we can't play the players this much. Oh no. What are we going to do? Like a, the, there is going to be a lot of money to, to, to divvy out to different uh, to the different stakeholders here, uh, and you don't want to be in the situation where there is no money, and the players don't want to be in that situation either, because as as I said earlier, yeah, they got that 170 million payment uh, among the lot of them, but that's it if there's no season. So if there is a season, they make a heck of a lot more, and I think at the end of the day, that's what they that's what they got to say is no side is going to get something better than having a season. All right, another comment from uh, an agent. I said, what gives you hope, if any, that this will be resolved and there will be a season? Quote, I like to think I'm an optimist, but it's ugly right now. Well, it's a complicated situation. It comes down to money. The little hope I have is cooler and sensible heads prevail. And my feeling is that, I mean, for them to, I mean, there's been a lot of work done by Major League Baseball from the health and safety standpoint, and now here we are trying to figure out a season and just to, to put a season together. I mean, there's tons and tons of work that goes on by every single team from paying them to the health and safety to um, how we television, media. I mean, everyone is, it's like all systems go for all these teams behind the scenes and for them to get this far and say nah we're not going to have a season like i cannot believe it's going to end that way so i think cooler heads will prevail but as we sit here right now and you guys have touched on it you know this has become public this first proposal and it's just that makes you feel like this is a disaster but all it takes is a good proposal here or some kind of common ground and i'm kind of feeling this is going to be dragging into into next week because it's going to be an 11th hour deal it's not going to be all of a sudden boom you wake up on friday and there's a deal it it does sound like there's going to have to at least be a soft deadline set for these guys to be able to get into spring training 2.0 and get ready for whatever games get played just look at it like this there's more than the players that need to be paid that's why you're seeing these stories about how some teams like the white Sox are guaranteeing full salaries right now through the end of June with no furloughs and other teams are not able to do that right now. Um, If you don't play the games, if you don't get back on the field, we're just talking about June right now. Uh, You got to pay all those employees that are not players employees, just like anybody else is doing work out there in the world. And so that just creates a problem July, August, September, Oh, all winter as well. So there has to be games I think both sides understand that. And 11th hour or not, that's why I still believe this will get done. How would you like to be the Dodgers right now? They trade Alex Verdugo, 
Jeter Downs, it was a Connor Wong to the Red Sox from Mookie Betts. And if there's no season, they gave up those three guys and they don't get Mookie Betts. I mean, they could maybe sign him in the offseason, but you don't, there's no guarantee. If someone else signs him, they'll get draft pick compensation. But you know how the Red Sox were just buried for that trade? Now they, they could get three players for nothing. Well, yeah, and oh, boo-hoo, the Dodgers would still have one of the best rosters in baseball. Yeah, even with no season of Mookie Betts, they'd still be the favorite to win the National League. Um, and, and the reason why I say this could drag into next week, and there, there, I don't know if there's going to be a deadline per se, but you know, I think the, the thought is, is that if you, for you to have, say, an 82-game season and you want to start July 4th or around that time, you got to have spring training by you know, the middle of June. So for that, in that scenario, um, I mean, these guys could get to their spring training sites in, a, say, a week. And so that leaves us – that puts us in the end of next week. And I would feel would be like the soft deadline that you spoke of, Adam. And that, you know, we keep talking about leverage. Maybe that is an area where the owners might hold the leverage at the last minute because if you start shaving games off the schedule, that's a way for them to, you know, prorate the salaries even more. And, and so if they start getting down to a time crunch where, hey, all of a sudden they say we can't get 82 games in. Now we're talking about less than that. Um, that's all part of this too, but just get it done. Just – this is this is awful. Just get it done. Get it done. Any final thoughts there, Vinny Duber? Uh, I have a feeling, and again, I'm not reporting anything. I just get reading the tea leaves. It certainly seems like there will be uh, we will get our opening day at the beginning of July, as projected. I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to screw it up to the point where they're not going to play. I see two roads here. And they are very different roads. One row, baseball is a healer. The other row, baseball is a disaster. Healer, disaster. What do you want to be, Major League Baseball? It's up to you. And that's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash socks. For Vinny Duper and Adam Hope. We are crossing our fingers for baseball. We want baseball. Make it happen. Hawk Harrelson wants baseball. We know Hawk Harrelson needs baseball. Hawk, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. This is Mike Tirico introducing you to Sports Uncovered. The debut episode will explore I'm Back, the two-word facts from Michael Jordan announcing the most famous comeback in NBA history. That's the most impactful two words ever. Subscribe to Sports Uncovered for free wherever you listen to podcasts.